This is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Peter provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Ivy Retirement Podcast with Peter Laufenberg. Hello, and welcome back to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. My name is Peter Laufenberg from the Ivy League Advisory Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during the show today, give us a call at 866-360-2724 or visit us online at theivag.com. And while on the website, check out the podcast page to check out past shows or to subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please don't hesitate to reach out to us with any questions that you may have, or if you want to set up a meeting, we can do that face-to-face or virtually. You know, we've been doing these podcasts for a year, and when we started the podcast, we are in the depth of the to- uh, depths of the COVID crisis. It was uh, things were starting to shut down seriously, and, and one of the first shows that we did um, dealt with the CARES Act, the stimulus bill, the first stimulus bill that Congress uh, and the president put into law uh, to help with the economic impacts of the COVID pandemic. So we flash forward a year, um, and uh, Congress and the president current president just signed in a new stimulus, the third stimulus dealing with COVID, um, that I think it would be really good to talk about because it's a $1.9 trillion in spending that is going to be wide reaching uh, for individuals, for towns, for schools, um, and for businesses. So that's what I want to talk about today. I just want to visit the the new bill that's been passed, some of the highlights and the big ticket items so that you have an understanding of it um, and go from there. So, but before we dive into the American Rescue Plan, which is the name of the bill, I want to welcome in my co-host, Tony. Tony, how are you today? Well, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Peter. And a great topic, obviously very timely. Everybody's talking about this, so I can't wait to jump in. But yeah, the the week has been good, although the weather's been a little crazy. Uh, it's 61 <laughs> day and then nine degrees and snow the next. So uh, we're dealing yeah. with that, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, that's the the life of living in the northern part of the country, right? And it's March, March 15th coming in on. So one day it's nine degrees and the next day it's 60. And so, you know, for those of us in the northern tier of the world, 60 degrees, you dig out the T-shirt and you still have the sweatshirt available for when it's cold. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I've been great. How about you? What have you been up to? It's been busy, you know, uh, both busy and uh, busy in the the business side of things, but also the personal side of things. That uh, you know, we keep alluding to it on every podcast, but things are slowly but surely starting to to gear back up to what I'll say, quote unquote, normal. Um, you know, with vaccines rolling out and the third wave of COVID kind of winding down, uh, I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and it's it means that things are busy again. You know, we had a we had what a year of things being a bit slower, but um, you know, busy isn't yeah. always bad as long as it's going in the right direction. Right. right, Tony? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm really fired up about today's show because I know a, a healthy number of people out there have been following uh, this stimulus uh, plan fairly closely. But truth be told, it's long and detailed. I mean, that sucker's <laughs> yeah. huge. So I think rolling up our sleeves and digging into some of the act's highlights is going to be great. How do you want to get us rolling with this, Peter? 
Yeah, I think, like I said in the opening, right, let's remember that this is the third stimulus that has made its way through Congress and been signed into law. The first stimulus was about $2 trillion, um, which was back in in March and April of 2020. And then the second stimulus was another $900 billion uh, passed at the end of December. And here we are with the third one um, that's coming in around $1.9 trillion. So that's a lot of stimulus, right? COVID has... (laughs) wreak some havoc in the economy, and the government has stepped in to try to shore things up. Um, so you're looking at, what, almost $5 trillion in stimulus in less than a year. So there's a lot in this third bill. You know, there's there's direct payments. Um, there's the extension of unemployment credit, uh, unemployment insurance, um, evictions and, and foreclosure moratoriums, and also the child tax credit has been um, updated and changed. So there's a lot in this bill, and, and I kind of want to, like I mentioned, go over the big things that are in there. Well, yeah, a lot. It sounds like there's a lot of great information here, and I'm guessing that a fair number of our listeners today are either parents or grandparents, so I'm sure the news of money to help schools reopen, that's more than welcome. I'm also struck by the aid to state and local government, because it seems like that without it, many Americans may have been looking at local tax hikes or, mm. or tax hikes and a, and cuts to the government services that make our towns and cities tick. So that's probably a good thing. Tell us more, though, about those direct payments. I think that's the thing our listeners yeah. are are probably most excited about at this point. Yeah, I think you're right, Tony. Right. And that's that's the part that's been in the news the most. It's It's going to be the. The item, I mean, people are already starting to receive these direct payments, and the act was only signed into law last week. So the, so the act provides for $1,400 uh, payments to single people making up to $75,000 or less annually. Uh, and that figure builds upon the $600 that was sent out in the second stimulus back in December. So between the second and third stimulus, you're seeing $2,000 in direct payments uh, to folks. So again, single individuals, it's up to $75,000. If you're a couple uh, with an adjusted gross income of $150,000 or less, you'll get the full stimulus amount. Uh, additionally, any dependents you have is all, uh, have are also going to qualify for these $1,400. So if you have a family of four, um, under these income limits, you know, the $150,000, you are looking at a stimulus payment of $5,600. Now, keep in mind, the biggest change here is the phase-outs, right? So once you get over that $75,000 for a, an individual or one hundred and fifty, dollars the payment's going to start phasing out. And so between seventy-five dollars and $80,000, the payment decreases. And by the, if you're a single individual making over $80,000, you're not going to receive any sort of stimulus in this third bill. Same with married couples. So it's 150 um, is where things start to go down. And by $160,000 of adjusted gross income, the stimulus goes goes down or is eliminated completely. So the band of where they get phased out has changed since the last two bills, and it's quite narrow in comparison. Yeah, yeah it is. And I think it's a safe bet that a lot of people out there already understand the direct payments because of the media attention it's received, like you said. And, you know, past payments. But what can you tell us about unemployment benefits? Those are a part of the package too, right? Yeah, so this is a biggie too, Tony, right? Because because of the the nature of the virus and the fact that a lot of businesses have shut down, have curtailed operations, they've laid off their employees. So you have seen a huge uptick in unemployment. We saw, obviously, through the summer of last year. It's slowly but surely getting better. But if you look at the charts and the information, there's still a lot of people that are unemployed. And so the, the, the American Rescue Plan... Um, 
essentially has increased a $300 weekly benefit through September for unemployment. So that that is on top of whatever your state gives out for your weekly unemployment benefit. Just as important, if you received unemployment in 2020, the bill makes the first $10,200 of that unemployment benefit tax-free if you make, as a family, less than $150,000. That's huge because up until this point, every dollar that came in for unemployment was considered taxable income. So this is essentially the first $10,000 of it now for 2020 is going to be tax-free. Now, if you've already filed your taxes for 2020, you're going to have to file an amended return to make sure that uh, this information is updated because it's very likely that it's going to change things and any money that you had withheld for unemployment very likely is now going to come back to you, either reducing what you owe to Uncle Sam or increasing your refund. So again, if you filed your 2020 taxes already, which is good, you've done, you, <laughs> you did things in a timely manner, um, I would go back to either your, your accountant or do some research online or talk to your uh, financial service professional to figure out, hey, you know, what, how does this potentially change my refund or what I owe? Because taking $10,000 of earned income off of your tax return uh, very likely is going to have a big impact. So does the act do anything in regards to COBRA uh, or COBRA payments? I know that's an area of uh, pandemic concern for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because people are, a lot of people are losing a job and for most people, uh, their job provides healthcare coverage. That means they're kind of left in a situation where now they don't have a job, nor does their family have health coverage. The nice part is this bill, um, includes a hundred percent subsidy of COBRA health, COBRA health insurance premium so that unemployed folks can stay on their employer's health care at least through the end of September, right? So, so that's very good to understand. The other piece here is you've lost your job and now you, you may have trouble me, you know, making ends meet, paying your bills. The two big ones or the biggest one is going to be rent and mortgages. So they included in the bill an extension of the eviction and or foreclosure moratoriums that existed. Specifically, there's about $30 billion in, in emergency rental assistance and another $10 billion in mortgage assistance. Wow. So so for those that are losing their jobs, right, uh, because that's the biggest impact so far from, from COVID, we've had an extension of unemployment and uh, extension of unemployment, health care through COBRA, and also making sure people still have a roof over their heads. The bill kind of shores up all of those types of things, at least through the end of September, where things hopefully will be back to to uh, normal. Again, I use that in quotations, but back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. Put normal in quotes. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, we're talking a lot today uh, about this uh, stimulus package. It's called the American Rescue Plan. And, you know, we're trying to whittle down some of its complexities. And you've been doing a good job of that, Peter, uh, to help us get a better sense of what parts may apply uh, to us and our own financial strategies. And you've hit some high points. Uh, But I also know there's a lot of critical information left to talk about here. There's so much to this thing. What do you have next for us? Yeah, the next piece I want to talk about, Tony, it has to do with the child tax credit, right? So, so for those of us uh, who have children, you know, generally we know we get a tax credit currently of two thousand dollars per children uh, per child um, when we file our taxes, right? And remember, actually, if you go back to our pa- uh, a recent podcast, a credit um, is a dollar for dollar reduction in what we owe Uncle Sam. So, I have two kids; I can actually reduce what I owe Uncle Sam by four thousand dollars. Well, this bill actually changes it quite significantly how that tax 
credit is going to work. So the first part of that is that the legislation, uh, the legislation that just passed, uh, increases that child tax credit to three thousand dollars for each child that you have between the age of six and seventeen, and increases it to $3,600 for each child that's under the age of six uh, for those who are making uh, less than $150,000 in a year, or if you're single, $112,000 a year. Now, here's the change. Instead of getting that uh, credit at the end of the year on your tax bill, the government's actually going to start sending out direct deposits every month starting in July, the beginning of the the, um, calendar year for the government. Um, they're going to actually send out direct payments. So if you have, let's say you have two children under the age of six, you're going to, for an entire year, you're going to receive $600 per month in a direct deposit um, for your children. So instead, again, of getting that as a a lop off on your taxes uh, when you file, you're actually going to receive your tax credit as a payment um, over the course of the next year, starting in July. So it, it is a, it's a, pretty drastic change to how that child care credit works. But the idea here is to get money in people's pockets now to help them defray the costs that, that especially with child care, that COVID has, has brought upon uh, American families. Right. And, you know, it is interesting. Uh, COVID has wreaked some havoc and it is good to have the support. I mean, we could have a whole uh, other conversation on the, on the politics of it. And, you know, long term, <laughs> yeah. long term effect of a two tr- another two trillion in spending. But uh, some of the things you're talking about here, like the child tax credit, uh, that sounds really good and obviously will help some people. Um, now, uh, for a lot of families, I mean, that extra money each month is going to help do things like buy groceries, sneakers and jeans and all the other things kids need. So that's very helpful. Does this legislation do anything for college students, though? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, you know, it does not. Um, it does not. So so uh, not diving deep into politics, but one of the, the conversations has been, or at least during the last election, was dealing with st- uh, student loan forgiveness, right? Um, that was not tackled in this bill. Um, so there really isn't any relief on that front, either for those who are are currently incurring that debt or having to pay it off out of college. Uh, the one thing that I will say within the bill is there is a provision that says if student loan forgiveness, some sort of legislation for that passes here, um, between the December 31st of December 30th of, of 2020, all the way through the beginning of 2026, any of those loans that are forgiven, those will be considered tax-free. Because you have to remember, when a loan is forgiven, it's treated as taxable income. So though no loans were sure. were forgiven in this past bill, um, there was a provision that kind of set the stage for if that does happen, it isn't going to create some sort of significant tax income right, or a tax burden, right? If, if you have $50,000 in loans and it's forgiven, that's great. But it is, you know, traditionally that would appear as $50,000 of earned income on your tax return. Yikes. This bill makes sure that doesn't happen. Well. Um, that's so, good because I don't know many college kids that can afford to pay that tax bill. That That's exactly right. And we'll talk about it in a minute about money for colleges. But but sticking with education, I do want to say that, you know, the American Rescue Plan does allocate about $130 billion for K through 12 education. Now, across the country, it's been wow. very different, right? So here in the northern part of New Hampshire, 
where I am. Uh, my, you know, my wife and, and daughter have been full time since the beginning of the school year. But obviously, in other parts of the country, that's not the case. The idea of this money is to get kids back into school, to get schools opened up, because obviously, by not having schools open, it's creating an economic um, issue for parents having to stay home or, or what have you. So the bill's trying to address education at K through 12 level um, to to open things back up and, and get you know kids back into school where they honestly belong. Exactly. So. I think we just heard an audible sigh of relief from some of the <laughs> the parent the parents listening out there right now. That's for sure. Yeah, without I mean, a doubt. Yeah, I mean this is a lot of great information, and I know we're all hoping this money will get students back to schools for in person learning. Uh, what does the legislation do for businesses? Yeah, that's a great question. Now, I'll be 100% honest. The The first two bills had a lot of business-specific uh, items in it. Yes. This, second, this, this third stimulus doesn't focus much as on business as it does on, on state and local governments, on schools, on, on individual sure. uh, amounts of money. But there still are some things in there. So, uh, for example, it establishes a, a new program for restaurants and bars. Really, they were industries that were hit some of the hardest by this, right? So there's a program in there for $25 billion in, in pandemic assistance through grants. Um, so, you know, you're looking at some companies could get up to $10 million. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of money's been dedicated. 25 billion is a lot to handle payroll and rent utilities to try to keep these restaurants open because we're facing a year of limited capacity. You know, restaurants don't, most businesses don't sit on a heap of cash that they can use to, to get through it. It's been pretty hard. So, um, especially for restaurants, this $25 billion will go a long way. Um, another program that a lot of people are familiar with, the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP. So this program has received another $7.25 billion to go into the kitty, essentially, to, to pay out those loans. Um, and they're forgivable loans. So really, they're grants uh, for people to pay payroll and operating expenses for businesses. So keep in mind, uh, this isn't related to this particular bill, but the deadline for PPP was it was going to be the end of this month, March 31st. Um, keep your eye on uh, a bill that's going through Congress right now to extend that to the end of May, that deadline. And what this is going to allow is businesses even more flexibility to apply for those forgivable loans um, and help them still deal with the the lingering effects of, of COVID and um, decreased, you know, decreased revenue. The idea is we want to keep people employed in the businesses as opposed to laying them off. So um, PPP is still in this bill. They still added some more money to it. Um, and and from what I understand, there's still a lot of money left. So if you're a business and you haven't done your first draw or your second draw of PPP, I would certainly look into it, oh, especially yeah. keep an eye for the extension of those deadlines because um, it's going to give you even more time to apply for it. Yeah. Well, and the next thing I'm curious about, I wanted to ask, will any of this money be used to actually fight the pandemic itself, (laughs) Um, like vaccinations or testing? Is some of the money going toward that? Well, yeah, you know, nothing's going to be fixed until we get the virus under control, right? And and we're making, in my estimation, we're making really good efforts in that thing. You know, people are getting inoculated. I think Um, so, too. A a lot of people have had it, so they're they're building immunity. We're heading in the right direction, and all the numbers show that. But really, life is not going to get back to normal, or business is not going to get back to normal until we truly have a handle on it. So the bill does address that, right? So so it contains about $50 billion uh, to cover additional COVID-19 testing and contact, uh, contact tracing. 
Another $19 billion is uh, dedicated to dealing, you know, increasing the public health workforce, right? Increasing staffing so that we can deal um, with more testing and and those who may have COVID-19 to make sure they get the care that they need. Uh, another $16 billion is being um, uh, allocated specifically just for vaccine distribution and supply chain. And, and even since the bill passed, uh, you know, the president has come out saying the goal is to have everyone uh, have some sort of uh, appointment or at least have their first vaccination by um, the beginning of May. So, so there's a lot of money there dedicated to dealing with the actual virus and getting people again inoculated uh, and heading in the right direction so that um, so that once we get the virus under control, things can start really going back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good news. I mean, personally, I've read articles about the growing concern local governments and school districts are having about, you know, meeting their obligations in a time of smaller revenue. Does the yeah. legislation do anything to address those concerns? Yeah, so so this this third stimulus, the first two didn't deal with any of those issues. This third one is tackling the fact that hey, look, uh, people may not be able to pay their taxes. Um, that the, there's a lot of revenue issues both with schools and towns. Directly dealt with businesses aren't paying taxes. People may not have the money, what have you. So this bill does um, allocate money um, to deal with the decline in revenues. You know, 26 states saw significant revenue declines between December of 2019, just before the pandemic started, and uh, December of 2020. And, and that's not good, right? Because those revenues are spent. And if you have a huge gap, that means you either have to raise taxes or you have to borrow money um two options with people really don't like to do. So so the bill does contain about 350 billion dollars to aid state cities, tribal governments and US uh, territories to fill those gaps, um right to help schools, to help uh, municipalities, to help cities make sure that they're not dealing with significant revenue um shortfalls um that will then have an effect that will last a lot longer than the pandemic itself. Right. And that's huge. I mean, obviously, there's so much here. All these numbers, though, that you've been throwing out. At first, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how do you get to $2 trillion? I couldn't, I can't yeah. wrap my head around that number. And like, how in the world do you get to that high amount? But after you, you know, you breaking it down, I'm like, wow, you know, 350 billion here, 26 billion there, 100 billion yep. there. Well, then it's easy to see how you get there if you're yeah, spending exactly right. in chunks of hundreds of billions, I guess you get to 2 trillion pretty quickly. Um, yep. That's crazy though. I mean, those are still just crazy numbers and boy, that should make a, a big impact. Although, you know, in the future, it, it, uh, where's all that money coming from and how is it going to well, affect our economy? I do, I do. I, I worry about that with each stimulus bill, but I think a lot of things in this bill were needed as well. Yeah, I think you're right, Tony, right? Uh, you know, we, we don't dive deep into politics on, on this podcast, but but you're right. You know, we are dealing this the last three stimulus, right? You total it all up, that's $5 trillion, okay? Um, and, and it's all money that needs to shore up things now, right? Because if not, we would have been facing a, a much bigger financial crisis. I think most people agree on that. The issue here, and this is where I'm going to tie it into some, some tax planning and, and overall income planning, right? You have $5 trillion, uh, you've added that to the debt. At some point, that 
that that has to start being repaid. And there's only really two ways to deal with debt like that. It's either one, inflate it away. So you create inflation that, that makes that debt smaller, or it's to raise taxes. Um, and so we've dealt with the short-term issue, but the long-term issue, if you're planning for retirement and you've put money away and, and now all of a sudden you have inflation or taxes are going up, it could blow a significant hole in your um in your budget, in your overall plan. And that's why it's important to have a plan, right? We talk about all these numbers and we can sit down and talk about how it's going to impact you today. But really, you need to have a plan that takes into account how are we going to deal with taxation? How are we going to deal with maybe the the specter of inflation coming down the road um, and, and making sure you're protected or at least prepared if those things really do happen? So... Well, yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I think I think you have to weigh it, and I think a lot of this was necessary. So, but we are kicking that can down the road, as you say. So, uh, that's something to watch out for, and I'm sure that will come up in uh, future shows uh, <laughs> yes, when we're dealing will. with the tax issues and the economic issues. But uh, good breakdown of the benefits and why they're needed and where they're going. So. I appreciate that. Great show today, Peter. That We're out of time. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you? Yeah, so if you uh, if you want to start the, the process of creating a retirement plan that um, you know takes into account taxation, takes into account uh, dealing with risk in your, your portfolio, making sure that you're being savvy with Social Security and taxation, uh, to mention that again, you know, give us a call, 866-360-2724. We take a holistic approach in how we uh, create plans for people to make sure that they are prepared the best they can be uh, for when they get into retirement, um, whether that's, you know, 20 years down the road or whether that's tomorrow. So um, give us a call again, 866-360-2724. Visit us online at the IVAG.com. We can book an appointment either in person uh, or virtually and start that conversation again to make sure that you're prepared um, for some of the the ramifications of these bills, let's say, that have passed here in the last year. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a great point. Listeners, pick up the phone, give Peter a call, check out the website. What's that phone number and website? One more time. Yeah, Tony, it's 866-360-2724 or visit us online at the IVAG.com. All right, and that does it for today's episode of the Ivy Retirement Podcast with our host, Peter Loffenberg. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to the Ivy Retirement Podcast. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Peter Loffenberg at the Ivy League Advisory Group. Call 866-360-2724 or visit them online at theivag.com. Investment advisory services offered through the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC. Tilton, New Hampshire, 866-360-2724. A registered investment advisor registered in the state of New Hampshire and Vermont. Peter Loffenberg and the Ivy League Advisory Group, LLC, are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.